So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, on Monday, it's the anniversary of the table knife being invented. On Tuesday, we explain how the tradition of the two-minute silence originated in Cape Town. On Wednesday, we recall the day King George III proved he was assassin-proof. On Thursday, let's all eat cake. It's Marie Antoinette's wedding. And on Friday, we discover how Buffalo Bill helped invent the Wild West. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes each weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the midfield squabble of F1 podcasts. We're going to have to get out of the way, checkered flags behind us. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that thinks Perez would be even better on his tyres if he didn't smash them into other drivers. I don't know, he's been saving up those tyres for so long, he's got to do something with it. It's like when you used to have uh, ESO points at the garage. <laughs> so he's saving up his tyre points? Yeah. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that will be livening up different sections of the show with flashing lights and garish signs. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the podcast that is too busy getting on with its own podcast to notice being lapped by the bigger podcast. It's something that's very similar to the one we did earlier. It's another blue flag joke, but that's why we're dropping down in quality. <laughs> I'm Chigarez, and today, from our houses in different places, we are going to talk about the Singapore Grand Prix, where Vettel somehow didn't win, Hamilton somehow did, and Perez got angry. Things got soft, super soft, and really hyper soft. That's all to come. Joining me, not really joining me, it's Phil Tromans. Hello! Yeah, I'm, I'm at the other end of a, of a computer line. My excuse is that I've literally just got off a plane and driven home and, and jumped on a computer. Um, I've been in Spain driving a new Mazda. But How I'm was back. it? Uh, it was yeah, all right. Much like the last Mazda I drove last week, which is also... Actually, no, the one I drove last week was the MX-5, which is pretty good. Have uh, you ever done a Mazda review and said the words, it's a Mazda... Ding. It's a Mazdaing. <laughs> this car I is a Mazdaing. But there's there's a very good chance that I will now. And alongside him is a man who you haven't said anything here, Terry. I haven't done anything. Like this is a problem with the end of the season. There's like six races a week for nine months. I'm I'm I'm, I'm fatigued. I've been working. I've been busy. I've been having a life. I've been drinking whiskey and you know listening to Lou Reed. Aren't I cool? God. Wow. Is it the seventies? Hey, don't you ever, Phil, try to have a go at me about music choices, Mister? You love the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I don't love the Red Hot Chili Peppers, but I like them. They're oh my god, that was my joke was reference, milk. and you like them? Blood, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, great album. I bet you like the Foo Fighters. I like early Foo Fighters. This Last podcast year, is over. Chica, what have you been listening to? Absolutely nothing apart from Beyonce. So our uh, WI tonight uh, was not any crafts tonight or any talks instead we had a dance class that we learned how to do beyonce dance moves that doesn't sound like the wi that i've got a stereotypical view well of, exactly which so. comes in almost exactly. entirely from calendar girls and my gran i mean they are also welcome 
but uh, RWI, Hackney Wicked Women, you know, it's alternative. Should you explain WI for our non-British listeners? Women's Institute. Well explained. Why isn't there a men's institute? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you'll find we're living in the men's institute. Let me hear it. Bell end. What? I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird not having dirty looks when I, I say contact. things wrong. I've got some. I'm drink. still giving you dirty looks. <laughs> Thanks, Chica. Do you want to set up a video call so I can feel bad? <laughs> Let's kick things off with the tricky double apex that is Listener's Corner. But before we get into Singapore slings and arrows, let's talk about the driver who will never leave us. It is Kimi Raikkonen. He has confirmed a move to Sauber for 2019 and 2020 in a seat swap with Charles Leclerc. General consensus seems to be that it's great for Leclerc and Ferrari, but that Kimi should hurry up and retire and let more hip young gunslingers have their chance. Now, Lorne Smith is one person glad Kimmy's staying, even if he's not a top team. At least he's still an F1. He's an awesome talent and he's got character. However, Chris Krug reckons Kimmy's move could be good news for Sauber. As much as I hate seeing Kimmy clog the pipes for some talented young drivers, I'm sure he'll be vital in developing Sauber over the next two years. Hopefully, he'll help give a better car to young Ferrari hopefuls. Right. Do we have a collective podcast view on this? Should should Kimmy just sling his own? Just retire. Well, I refer you to our first ever episode like 17 years ago when we said, oh, I think Kimmy's probably getting a bit too old for this. He should probably retire. And I haven't changed my mind then. He is just... Look, if he was winning races in Ferrari and giving Sebastian, uh, what's his name, Vettel, a really good run for his money, then maybe we could say something good. Yes, he'll be good in the Sauber. Yes, he'll be better than Ericsson. But... The Sauber next year could have Ocon and Verline in, and I think we would all prefer that lovely-looking pair of uh, eye candy to Kimi Raikkonen, who, let's face it, is a bit ugly. Well, we'll have more on Verline later, won't we? But, I mean, Charles Leclerc to Ferrari, is there, I don't think there's any dissenting voices saying that's good for him. Uh, I have a dissenting voice. Sorry, that Sebastian Vettel is in the room with me. <laughs> He's not happy about it at all. <laughs> I, I'm going to be very intrigued to see how he gets on against Leclerc, because he doesn't have a good history of being up against teammates who are pretty good as well. No. Witness his season with Ricardo. Yeah, exactly. He's good when he's got like an older number two driver who's either Australian or Finnish, uh, Mark Webber or Kimi Raikkonen. Nothing else. That's all he likes. Going through... That's racist. Going through the, he is racist. Going through the junior season <laughs> series, he being like uh, Formula Renault with an Aussie teammate who was 10 years his senior and would just be a bit shite. I've not. Do, I don't know much about his wife. Do you reckon she's Australian or Finnish and ten years older than? Whoa! Mm. Not going there, Phil. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I mean, I've no idea. Write in. Tell us. So after Ferrari once again threw away what was apparently a prime opportunity to score big points in Singapore, Paul Hinton asks, "Is it time to replace Vettel at Ferrari? I'm a lifelong Ferrari Idiot. fan, but I can't help thinking he just isn't the man." Shush to take the title for them. Too many mistakes. I can't help thinking what Alonso would be doing in a car that good if he had stayed with the team, considering how close he came to the title with subpar Ferrari. Right, before the next comment, sorry. No, 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 I have to come in on this. Let's not lionise fucking Alonso, right? When he used to uh, drive around with that fucking look on his face, all right? The reason that Alonso's not in the Ferrari is because when it comes to politics, Alonso is the worst driver that ever existed. And he's not in Ferrari because they fucking kicked him out. And then he went to fucking McLaren and now he's going to fucking IndyCar, right? 
Alonso would not be in the car right now winning for them because he'd be flouncing off going, oh, Ferrari, all Italians smell bad or something he'd say. So is it time for Vettel to quit Ferrari? Well, yeah. Yeah. Get someone young. Well, I, I wonder if that, if, you know, if you get two seasons of Leclerc being really good and kicking his ass, then, you know, Ferrari are not averse to uh, booting out uh, booting out people. Yeah, do you think he would, though? No, I mean, it's, uh, we'll, we'll see. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised seeing how good Leclerc has been if he doesn't really? give him a pretty good run for his money pretty soon. I mean, you know, it, it, it could well be the, be whole the Alonso, uh, Hamilton thing. Okay, or yeah, the Verstappen and whoever he's been. Here's driving. my prediction for next year: Leclerc is going to start well and then have one of those kind of mid-season slumps that no one can mm. fully understand. He won't quite understand the the big boy car. He'll be a bit confused, and Vettel will be uh, pissing in his petrol tank. We're not going to say he's going to be another Stoffel Roffel, are we? Because remember, Maybe. Stoffel got a podium on his first race, and then, well, now look at him. Well, only if Ferrari does a McLaren and forgets how to build a car in the space of six months. <laughs> Which, you know, is Ferrari. It's possible. Moving on, reflecting on Bottas's inability to get anywhere near Hulkenberg when trying to lap him, Colin Wilkes says, sad state when Aero stops fourth, being able to lap bat markers. No! That was painful to watch, wasn't it? Great thing. This is by... I had a whole state of F1 about this a while ago. That There shouldn't be blue flags and all this shit. And actually, this is what it should be like. Bottas should have to fight his way past and not just whine on the fucking radio going, oh, could he just let me through? Well, I actually completely agree with you on that. But the problem was that I don't for a second think that Bottas in a Mercedes in normal circumstances, wouldn't be able to catch and pass Hulkenberg. But the problem is, in that, at that particular track, where Aero is bouncing off the walls, and he literally couldn't get within, like, two what? seconds Aero of Aero bounces um, off the walls with, now? The That's never been mentioned. Working. They don't do an explainer on that at the start yeah, of the well, coverage. No, they, yeah. they, there was something on Sky about it, I think, basically. Like, if there's walls at the side, the, the Aero turbulence that comes off the back of the cars doesn't just go out and disappear into the ether. It sort of bounces around the walls. And there were drivers saying that sort of even sort of five, six seconds behind a, another car, you could feel the difference in the uh, in the air quality. So and once again, and we've been ra- raging against this for God knows how long on a range of different things. It all comes down to the fact that the cars are too aero reliant, and it just screws everything. So if they can mm. sort that out, yeah, I agree. Get rid of blue flags. I'd I'd like to see the drivers fight to get past them, but at the moment what they if? can't. And, okay. uh, what and what if they rubbish. got rid of front and rear wings entirely? I mean, I mean it would be very safe, why? would it? Well, I'd need an aero, I'd need an aero expert to advise me whether just sort of ground effect and some stuff over the body would I don't know what I'd I'm know. thinking like I'm not an aerodynamic 60s expert. cars you know they just had wheels and a little sausage go back to yeah. that design there was a time in F1 in the 80s when there, there was a season or something when they didn't have front wings wasn't there yeah Ross Chaplin said can we forget about the race and give some props to Lewis's mega lap from the gods in Q3 I think that is maybe the best pole lap I've ever seen oh god seen. I feel a bit sick I'm sorry I'm gonna have to say this um Lewis's lap was amazing, but Verstappen's lap to get that close to him was really good. Oh, sorry, I feel ill. Uh, what, what have you done oh, with Terry? I don't feel well at all. No, they were, they both put in absolute corkers. Um, and you're right, Verstappen's was very good and was a little bit overshadowed by the fact that Hamilton in a car that apparently was slower than uh, that certainly the Ferrari and, and maybe the Red Bull was 0.3 seconds quicker. It was really good, both of them. So let's talk Mexicans. Anthony Barnes, Svervio Perez, drives like an idiot uh, and he keeps his seat next year over Ocon. And Ben Turnbull says, is it just me or does everyone else think Perez is a tosser? I mean, I think everyone thinks he's he was a, a bit tossish at the weekend. 
Yeah, but it was really exciting. Yeah, it was like a pantomime villain. It was pretty much exactly the was. same thing against Sorokin that um, that Vettel did to Hamilton in Baku you last know, year. I've, just got annoyed and just went bam. I don't think that it. was the case. You know, I actually think what he tried to do was he overtook him and then went. I'm going to go right in front of you, dangerously close, to show you that I am Mr. Daddy Cool here and I'm going to teach you a fucking lesson, young whippersnapper. But because Perez is such a shit driver, he pulled in too quickly <laughs> and sideswiped us into him like an idiot. So I don't think it's like an aggressive, he hit him on purpose. I think it's just like a really bad driver. Like, I don't know, me, if I tried to pull off a move like that at high speed, I would fuck it up and he fucked it up. So it's like... You know when you see like some some youth in the street and they're doing some kind of hard man act and then they trip over or their pants fall down or something. It was like that. I mean, I, I like the fact that you're defending him by insinuating that he's just massively yeah, incompetent. Yeah, all of this making um, he's a bad guy <laughs> gives him too much of a, a cool factor. He's just a, an idiot. I do, I do think it was deliberate. You, you watch the replay and he, lo- he literally looks over to see where he is and then just No, goes, but I think that's it. He's looking over to go, him. all right, I've got past him. Swack. Oh, shit. Oh, we better exchange addresses. I don't know. He's gone from he's gone from hero to villain pretty quickly, though. After saving mm. Force India, now he's sort of destroying Williams. I kind of like him Ooh. that way, though. Angry Perez. Mm. It's turned into wrestling a little bit, isn't it? What really fucking boring? Everyone, he's just gonna he's gonna come out of the start, and everyone's gonna go boo. Oh exactly. shit! Is the American Grand Prix coming up? Do you reckon they're gonna do that? Um, the boxing announcements again because they could really oh, do some stuff. God, there. I hope so. He's Mexican. Yeah. Build a wall. We'll have to and wait he'll and crash see. into it. Right. So finally, getting to the important stuff. Richard Stevenson asks, "What did we think of the big telly that Lewis drove onto in Park Fermi?" I personally, just going to step in there. I loved it. That it was so cool. It was and a bit the fact different, that, I missed it yeah. entirely. What happened? What was the telly? Did you not see when after the race when he drove it? You know, normally they drive up to the little first second third bollards and jump out and go yay and then they hug their teammates before they run up this time he drove onto a huge television screen on the ground and then another one behind him that had sort of race highlights and all sort of stuff going on it also had him on it i mean it also had giant hamiltons yeah, I thought I thought the uh, the choice of graphics was a bit weird. I thought they could have done something a bit better than that than just literally having it being some tele coverage. Um, I'd have liked to have seen some cool sort of animation. Well, they were probably or expecting that, that, you know interact with the car. They were going probably on. expecting Vettel to win when they designed everything. Yeah, maybe yeah. they had a load of Ferrari stuff and then they went, oh shit, we need something else with three laps to go. Uh, but no, I quite like it. It was a bit different. I'd like to see them, you know, play around with it a bit more, do a bit a bit more stuff. I'd like to see them incorporated into the track during the race as well. Maybe in the pit oh, stops. No, that's dangerous. That'd be good. That is dangerous. Yeah, that's why I want to see it. Yeah. So in other news, could Terry's favourite German be set for an unexpected return to Adolf. F1? <laughs> no. French newspaper Le Quip. <laughs> was is Austrian. Rip- <laughs> French newspaper Le Quip is reporting that Pascal Verlein is to shed his Mercedes affiliation at the end of the year and could be in line for a move to Toro Rosso to replace Brendan Hartley. Sexy Pascal previously drove for Sauber, but he was given the hoof after his dashing good looks weren't matched by his driving Whoa, who powers. wrote this? I don't think that's true at all. I think he was too sexy, if anything. If he was that sexy and really good, do you not think that would be too much? I mean, yeah. That's, that was basically his downfall. But he wasn't that good. That was the what? So, yeah. so hang on. So next year, Toro Rosso could be Verline and Kvyat. Potentially, yes. <laughs> Fucking hell. 
What's going on? This is like we're sort of going back in time again. I think they should move aside and get some new lung, get some new young drivers. Or uh, go all the way. Some, if we've got Kimi Raikkonen and a Sauber and those two are Toro Rosso, let's just get Nigel Mansell out of retirement. Get him to get him to drive in a Minardi. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so we talked in a previous episode about the suggestion of bringing in a third car for teams to run young drivers. <laughs> One man who likes this idea is... What is that? Uh, Claire just dropped something in the kitchen. One man who likes the idea is Charlie Whiting. So is it likely to happen? Probably not. Whiting says, the argument against it is that if you've got a dominant team with three cars, then everyone's fighting over fourth and not a podium place. If you've got three dominant teams with three cars, then you're fighting over tenth. I can understand why everyone would balk at that. But he went on to say, I'm fine this with it. This is exactly the problem. You know, if, you, if you're concerned about one team dominating stuff when they've got two cars and they always come first and second, then if they have three cars, then the dominant team will just get yeah. the entire podium and you're never going to see anything else. So yeah. I like the idea of having some young drivers, but that's yeah, not Yeah, but I fixed work. it already. This is, a, this is why they should be coming to me for advice. Simple. Make the podium four places big. <laughs> Tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at For F1 Sake or find us on Facebook where we're For F1 Sake or you can email us at wrong at ff1s.com. And now time for the teams. We will start with Mercedes. So it was an outstanding drive from Hamilton. Uh, the man can drive an incredible race and at the same time run a fashion line. If that's not impressive, I don't know what is. Um, Bottas was fighting with Raikkonen and Ricardo, um, but barely saw what was going on there. Started in fourth, finished in fourth. So Mercedes was supposed to struggle with that track. They were, but they didn't. I don't quite know what was going on. Everyone was set up for... This was supposed to be a Mercedes uh, bogey track at the best of times. They've never really gone particularly well around there. Ferrari obviously this year have got a quick car and okay they've made mistakes in previous races but this was going to be one where they were going to get it together and they look pretty good in um, in practice and stuff and then in qualifying Hamilton as we've already discussed pulled out an amazing lap but I was expecting Hamilton to have his hands full and he didn't he just kind of drove away really and Ferrari I think fucked it up again which yeah, we'll probably discuss say, in a second but was it was it just everyone else wasn't very good apparently it was rear tyre cooling Oh, this is the sexy new Mercedes brake drums. Yeah, they've got some kind of thing which makes their tyres less hot, and apparently hot tyres was what was holding them back. All these years, they just wanted some ice in the tyre or something. And now they're fine. <laughs> it was. Um, don't we don't forget that. how exciting the Singapore Grand Prix's been the last few years, because, you know, when Mercedes were winning 1-2 in every race, and then they'd come to Singapore, wasn't there one year where they were like near the back of the grid because they were so bloody awful? And everyone was like, this is good. And now they've fixed it. So it's like, you know, they're unbeatable everywhere. (laughs) This, to me, feels pretty decisive for the season. I think I could be wrong, but I think that if Hamilton wins the next race and Vettel's second, Hamilton can then afford to finish second to Vettel for all the rest of the races in the season and he still win the title, which is a pretty good position to be in. No, I don't. I think he'd try and win everyone, but Mm. that's sort of an interesting maths stat. He's got a comfortable lead now. You know, he can afford to not finish at all in the next race and for Fettel to win, and they'll still have, what, 15 points or something on him. It feels like Ferrari messed it up again, and, and Mercedes, as you say, just kind of patched all the holes that they had in their game. Hamilton was absolutely on it, and Bottas was also there, but I don't think anyone cares about him anymore. Who? Um, it was tremendous. Uh, brilliant from Mercedes and brilliant from Hamilton. Ferrari. 
despite the fact that they were favourites to win. Obviously, it didn't go that well. Uh, Vettel did do an impressive overtake of Verstappen, uh, who then went on to do an even more impressive overtake of him. Uh, but as we said, they ended up choosing the wrong tyres, and Vettel actually ended up finishing 40 seconds behind Hamilton. Um, Vettel actually said... Oh, me, Terry. here we go. Well, with the race we raced today, we didn't have a chance. I said before the weekend we could only beat ourselves, and today we didn't get anything out of our package. Oh, this sounds like I'm making sexual innuendos. Oh, I beat ourselves yeah. with our package. He's More. Not. <laughs> He's not French. That was, that was my best German. It wasn't. It was another Ferrari fuck-up, wasn't it? Mm. Yep. I mean, they, they had surely everything they needed, and yet... I mean, Ferrari, I mean, Vettel didn't do brilliantly in qualifying. He said he had a scrappy lap and uh, they were just kind of, he was messy. The team were a bit all over the place. The strategy was wrong again. They were beaten by Verstappen, whose car wasn't even working properly. I, so basically, they were really bad. They, they were Ferrari just nowhere near. They were good. They were just nowhere near Mercedes. But they were quicker. I can't see any other way of, of explaining it other than they, you know, they had everything they needed to win. And they didn't, didn't win. Uh, Vettel smack it into the wall on Friday, which didn't help? He did, and lost almost a full practice session. Yeah, just from getting it slightly wrong and banging it into the wall. But what about Raikkonen, uh, Mister Hotshot, yeah. going to Sauber? What did he do? I, I didn't really remember seeing him at all. No, well, well but, done, Sauber. I did, I did hear him complaining a bit in qualifying, as he often does. He's basically there for the radio. I love it when he's on the radio. Well, maybe he should quit F1 and be the new Radio 2 breakfast host. Imagine that, waking up to that in the Just morning. Just silence. And what? I'm awake. Ah, Why don't you wake up? up? Where's the news? Where's the news? <laughs> Red Bull. So Verstappen's overtaking Vettel was one of my highlights of the race. I actually screamed so loudly that um, it sounded like I'd burnt myself, apparently. <laughs> uh, however, Ricardo's strategy left a lot to be desired. Um, and when I say a lot to be desired, I mean it was total What's shit. What's happened to Ricardo this year? Is he just like oh. gone, I'm going to be a Renault next year, so I may as well get used to just being shit. he's just given yeah. up. He hasn't been good for weeks. Mm. Yeah. He's fully embracing being well, a Renault yeah. driver. Well, apparently Verstappen's <laughs> new Spec-C Renault engine was causing all the problems to the point that they may go back to the Spec-B engine next week and take an engine penalty to go back to the shitter engine. Ooh, well done, Renault. Aren't they doing well? That doesn't make sense. And yet they still beat Ferrari. I know. I don't get it. It was. Did you did you see the in car footage of, of Verstappen coming out of the pits Greece. after his stop, where the car no. was basically just jumping into neutral, and he was like, "Oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god!" And he still got out of the pits level with uh, Vettel, and then held him off around the, around the first well, couple of corners. Vettel, but yeah, his, his car was in all they sorts put of Vettel trouble. Vettel on tyres that were like I don't know scaring pads or something. And they're just like, "Oh, we haven't got a tyre. Just get yeah. something out of the kitchen." So. I don't know. Just, well, well done, Verstappen. There. Oh, yep. wow. Well, Was this one of the races where this. you you sort of grudgingly hate Verstappen less? No, I still hate him the exact same amount. But he did all right this week. Oh yeah, it was. He was very composed and mature this uh, this weekend. He was rightly uh, lambasted the other week when he was being a dick. But mm. this was this was very good from him. And if it wasn't for Hamilton winning and that amazing lap, I think he probably would have got. Did he get driver of the day? He probably got driver of the day. He always gets driver of the day. There are lots of votes coming from the Dutch land. Force India. So, Perez had PMS. <laughs> Am I right, girls? Uh, so, if we look at his cycle, then the US Grand Prix is going to be very exciting. So, what <laughs> happened? Well, they collided on the opening lap with Ocon hitting the wall. Was that Perez's fault? Allegedly, he didn't see his teammate, but then he did have a hiatus on the inside. 
Should Ocon have given him some room to breathe? Ocon probably was a bit foolish to go that wide. But, you know, that old thing, if you don't see a gap, then, you know, you don't understand that Perez is going to thump into you. I genuinely don't think Perez don't... saw him. I'm, I'm prepared to give him the benefit of the doubt on that one. I mean, he he was so busy worrying around, you know, it was like, oh, right, who's behind me, who's on the inside, that he probably wasn't expecting his teammate to do what was. Uh, well, if he'd have made it work, it would have been a great move, but mm. it was it was quite ambitious. And as we saw, it had the potential to force him into the wall where his car just basically fell apart. It didn't look like that hard a hit, but caused loads of damage. Well, whether it was uh, um, intentional or not, uh, this team actually put out a statement saying that they will now reimpose restraints on their Ooh, drivers. Yes. Sounds ominous, could drive in hand, Could have driven handcuffs now. I mean... Pink handcuffs, it seemed, possibly. <laughs> it seems pretty Very. weird for a team to be like, we're going to do what we can to separate them, which means we're going to send one to the back. Um, but... <laughs> I don't know, it's just... There's been a lot of talk, though, of how Force India have been a bit gung-ho this week because they've gone from being a team that needs to make every penny count to a team that's backed by one of the richest men in the world. So they're kind of going, do you know what? Fuck it. There's always another race. We, <laughs> we don't break all the car. car. In fact, we're going to get rid of it anyway, so fuck it. Yeah, I'll do what you like. Have a party. Way Piss on it. I don't care. The thing is, they do have so many, so much history, these two, don't they? I mean, I think of all the teammates I can think of, they've probably got the most history of animosity between the two of them. And they've only been together, what, is it I two know. seasons now? Is this the second season they've been teammates? And they, they just keep, seem to keep tangling with each other to the point where it's not. this is not the first time that Force India have had to do this and say, look, stop bloody squabbling, you two. Um, so I can completely understand why they do it. Um, but yeah, it is a bit of a shame we're not going to see them do it again, hopefully. But um, there's still Perez on his own. Should we talk about that? His uh, his later incidents. Well, we've discussed it at oh, the top, was... and I feel like he is getting a bit too big for his boots. He thinks he's Mr. Granddaddy in the team, and he's been pulled down a peg or two, and he's a bit of an idiot, and I don't like him. And I think next year it should be Ocon and Verline, which is my dream lineup for every team. Yeah. <laughs> What was he thinking with that thing with Sorokin? I don't understand it. What was he hoping to gain Notoriety. Out of that? Mm. Even if, as we discussed earlier, he was trying just to cut him up. It was, oh, ridiculous. Clumsy. Williams. Um, so we're all feeling sorry for Sorokin, but then again, he also got a five-second penalty for forcing Hartley off the track. Why did yes, he forget he these like things? Yes, he as well. No, he he was he drove like a bell end too. Him, him, it was just, everyone in the midfield just drove like an ass this weekend. I don't know what was going on. I have a feeling that Williams are so poor now, they've actually run out of tires. That's why they wouldn't change his tires. They were just well, there. Look, you can come in if you want, mate. Oh, maybe they weren't. But they, we've got nothing. They weren't actually super shit this weekend, though. Were I they? mean, yes, they were. And in fairness, Sorotkin didn't. Was it Sorotkin or Stroll started with a piece of started the race with a piece of. Um, uh, pieces of Ocon's wheels stuck in the front of his car. That was great. That? It looked like a, a bit of waste paper bin. Um, it did, or like, or like he'd got he'd, he'd got a piercing or something. <laughs> he's he's young, you know. He's got to express himself somehow. Got his car pierced. Could <laughs> <laughs> be wearing Megan's neck. Yeah, but apart from that, pretty rubbish for them. Where did they finish in the know. end? I don't know. I don't care. Hey, yes. Hey, no. Hey, has a lot of doobies. Number one, Grosjean, when you become a professional driver and race in the most expensive sport in the world, 
don't throw the book out of the window. In fact, it's probably worth what a read book? about the flags. Listen, I haven't finished. When the blue flag was electronically waving to signify that he has to get out of the fucking way, he didn't, and he held up the grown-ups at the front. Harvey Magnuson set the fastest lap of the race, but he's got no points. That means nothing. Was this a humiliating weekend for the Harrises? Yes. Yeah, apart from Magnuson's fastest lap. Well, Magnuson's fastest yeah. lap. But how come? That? How? Because how? he put on super shit. He put on super shit well, hot tires at the end of the race, and no one else gave a shit. You know. But he could have. Yeah, he's like, well, I've got nothing. I'm not going to get anything else. I might as well have a pit stop and blast some fast st- laps in for shit. If and he can still do that, if he can do that, he should be. Even though that was at the end of the race, even though that he was using his lovely tires, he should be able to get better than 18. Yeah, but I think I think they only decided to do that once they realised that they weren't going to get anywhere. Because obviously, by pitting to get those tires, he lost however long it was, 30 seconds. So he was always going to be near. But the he got the DHL like, ah, fastest it, just lap of the race off. award, which means he gets one free delivery. Yeah, 24 <laughs> hours signed yep. for the full works. Oh. Lucky him. It's I'd just quite him like posting to see, a shit in the box. I'd like them to, to get a point for that. Uh, Hulkenberg. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Hulkenberg, let's go to Renault. So they were both in the points, which is good because A, they're getting further away from Hayes, and B, Ricardo can look Christian Horner in the eye and say, yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> he's now from East London. Uh, but back to Renault <laughs> in the race. They did nothing interesting, and I pay £25.10 per month on a TV licence, boys. I want to see you. Well, the TV licence only really covers the BBC and... BBC, I know, I Channel know. Channel 4 is syndicated. I was hoping... Well, I think Channel 4 is slightly uh, slightly public. But it's not through the TV well, licence, I believe. It's subsidised through other ways, but not the TV licence. So technically, No, it's... I don't know. Let's go into depth on how well, different channels are funded. Channel 4 we'll started in 1982. The first programme <laughs> no! was 8 out of 10 cats does Countdown. I've got little to say on them, to be honest. 10th and 8th. They did all right. They, no. got in the, they got in the points. Next, Toro Rosso. Well, this is the same. They finished in 13th and 17th, but absolutely no idea what they did in the race. No, nope, next. Anything? No. Sauber. Uh, Leclerc finished in the points. 9th, which now... Which means that now Salvo have got 21 points. Um, is this his... Yeah, check that out, Doubters. After his Ferrari Well, didn't news. he have a big crash in practice? Oh, no, he, he, no, he, knocked, yeah, his, when, he knocked his front wing off. He knocked his front wheel off, didn't he? When a youngerish no, driver has some big news, like a big team they go into, they always fuck up at the next race. So, you know, he's got that out of the way. It's like Verstappen did at Monaco <laughs> Every year. Times. Still does it. And right. Ericsson, whatever. Fuck it. Next. McLaren, Alonso came home in seventh. He said the seventh was like a small win, which shows that he's been driving for McLaren too long. If they carry on like that, soon having a car will feel like a small win. But, unnecessary slag-offs aside... Seventh is, you know, it's the top of the not-top three teams. Well done. But, you know, Force India had shoved themselves both out. And, I don't know, it's just... Is it good enough? No. But it is better than yeah. you know being last. I know, but I just can't yeah. anymore. I'm just like I'm so hurt by McLaren. I can't, I can't have any hope. Do you still have any McLaren memorabilia on your wall or anything, or is it have you have you sadly put it into a box and there's just put a, it under your bed, knowing that you'll probably never bring the, it out again? There's just the divot in the wall where I punch it every morning. <laughs> <laughs> you just wake up going, why McLaren? In my McLaren why? Bed spread. <laughs> That leads us to the standings with Terry Saunders. Okay, so let's start off with the driver standings. Now, obviously, the Singapore Grand Prix is done at night, so I thought, what do the drivers normally do at night? Um, so, oh, actually, well, where's this going? I don't think rude at all. So, there, they're all too busy on their fitness oh. regimes. 
In first place is I win races with my eyes closed is Lewis Hamilton. In second place, I phone Charlie Whiting when I think there's a spider in my room. That's Sebastian Vettel. In third place, I'm old. I just pee lots. That's Kimi Raikkonen. And in fourth place, I wait outside Lewis's room in case anyone tries to attack my friend. That's Valtteri Bottas. Fifth, it's never dark when you're Max Verstappen. It's because my daddy always brings a nightlight. That's Max Verstappen. And sixth, I'm just normally curled up in pain at night thanks to the shoe vomit. I'm really. The thing is, these shoey jokes don't work when he's being so shit and hasn't been on the podium for six months. So, and what are you going to do next year when he's going to be nowhere? Still near make the, the shoey jokes. It's, I'm pretty lazy. In seventh place, Nico Hulkenberg. My bed is shaped like a podium, so I rarely sleep. That's a joke since he never gets into bed, you see, because he never gets on the podium. Uh, and in eighth place, when no one is listening or watching me, I cry. That's Fernando Alonso. <laughs> Some nights I sleep really well. Some nights I'm just shit at sleeping. That's Kevin Magnuson. And Sergio <laughs> Perez, I wake up and the pillow is ripped to shreds. Eleventh place, sad news. I don't have a bed next year. That's Esteban Ocon. And in 12th place, oh. I sleep with a life-size Max Verstappen doll. He is, my en- he is my enemy and I will destroy him. That's Carlos Sainz. I don't sleep, I recharge. That's Pierre Gasly. I think he's a robot. And 14th place, I sleep on the floor because I keep missing the bed. That's Roman Grosjean. And 15th place, I sleep on a fucking cloud because I'm a bloody angel or something. That's Leclerc. And in 16th place, this is a weird one, I sleep on a lot of t-shirts with an indecipherable hashtag on that a podcast keeps sending me with threatening letters. <laughs> Stop or Van Dorn. 17th, I have my blood recycled every night so I don't need to sleep. That's Super Rich Lance Stroll. 18th place, since Monza I sleep upside down. That's Marcus Ericsson. And in 19th, I'm sleeping less well than I used to, weirdly. That's Brendan Hartley with his career worries. And uh, 20th place, Sergei Sorokin sleeps in everyone's way. He's just in... When you get home to bed, Sorokin's just in your bed. <laughs> And the constructors. So, I looked at the Singapore uh, tourism website, and Singapore's uh, slogan is "Passion Made Possible." So I thought, what if the teams have a slogan? <laughs> it's really hard writing these every week. And in first place, Mercedes. Uh, Mercedes championships made mandatory. Uh, second place, Ferrari cocking up made compulsory. In third place, Red Bull griping made grudgingly. Fourth place, Renault yellow made yellow. I didn't think of anything. In fifth place, floors make fuck-ups. That's harsh with their floor stuff. In sixth place, the upper hand made unlikely. That's McLaren. In seventh place, anger made always. That's Force India with Perez driving for them. Uh, in eighth place, Toro Rosso is Kvyat made king. He is now going to be king of Toro Rosso forever. In Sauber, retirement made reluctantly. That's so much to do with Kimi And death made to drag is Williams and their never-ending failure to stop trading. And now it is time for the State of F1 with Terry Saunders. So, F1 accidentally leaked a PowerPoint image of the new concept Formula 1 cars. Leaked accidentally because there is no way they wanted these things out in the public. Because A, they look like someone went into words, selected the cars and hit italic. And B, now we have definite proof of how badly the 2021 cars have failed when we see them in the flesh. And they don't look anything like this because they're covered with the future equivalent of penis noses and aeroflix. I will guess now that the future equivalent of these things will be a halo fringe and a forward-facing exhaust. My main concern is that they're so fucking tame. Like when they're like, it's like they're asked without looking to draw a Formula E car, or if someone wanted to make a Formula X toy car. But how close could they get without hitting copyright issues? Right? These are not concept cars. Concepts are normally wacky. Where's the hover car? The one with no wings but giant rubberized caterpillar tracks, or the one that's got underfloor heating? 
Underwriting is really good. It's getting into the winter months. We should have it. The problem with the rules is that when they're finalised, then the squillions of en- aero engineers will find all the bits they forgot to nail down and just add fucking bits, bits all over the car like fucking psoriasis. Any sense of fun or sexiness or other Jeremy Clarkson words will be pissed away as fucking big data ruins our fun and F1 will still be shit. But don't worry, I have a solution. Ban data, ban science. Let's make F1 a flat earth type of world. I don't want to believe in air anymore. There's no climate change. Trump is president. Strip the rule book back to allow anything or bring in one make cars. Let's not have this halfway house of everyone having an identical car that you can't follow. Get rid of wings. Get rid of all of it. Just get rid of everything except the wheels and the driver. That's it. I'm done. That should be the only thing in the rules. Like Fred Finstone, don't care. Just say to them, you've got to have four wheels on the ground. You've got to use this amount of fuel. You've got to use a driver and the safety bit and the rest of it is up to you but then they'll all kill themselves because the cars will be too fast well, that's, and they'll be even yeah. more aerodynamic and then they won't be able to okay well then we'll take a other. slight step back from my utopia to say there will be some rules <laughs> governing aero and they'll be really restrictive till they get to the point where they all have to oh I'm doing the same as they do oh no <laughs> <laughs> so that is it from us it's goodbye to Phil Tromans Goodbye. We've not had time to talk about uh, my favourite thing in motorsport in the last couple of weeks, which wasn't actually anything to do with Formula One. It was in Moto2, which is sort of like the Formula 2 of MotoGP and the motorbikes, which is when one of their drivers has basically been banned for the history of ever because down the back straight at, at one of the races, he leant over to his opponent that he was trying to overtake and pulled his front brake at about 150 miles an hour and nearly killed him. And uh, unsurprisingly, he's been banned forever. Why? Why did he do that? Because he's an absolute dick. And goodbye to Terry Saunders. We haven't had time to talk about Alonso's IndyCar season going off the rails already because Honda have come out and said, we're not giving you a fucking engine. (laughs) And the team, that the McLaren are building a team around Andretti Racing that use Honda. And Honda have basically gone, you've slagged us off for three years. Now you're driving Le Mans with our rival get fucked and it's like it's the Alonso curse hitting again like it's just like he's there going oh no I've done it again oh shit uh, why don't I open my big potty mouth oh no idiot so we'll be back in two weeks time to discuss the Russian Grand Prix but in the meantime we're for F1's sake on Twitter and Facebook and on Instagram and you can buy merchandise uh, and keep us drinking uh, from ff1s.com forward slash shop 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 thanks for listening I've been Chica Reyes. Goodbye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, on Monday, it's the anniversary of the table knife being invented. On Tuesday, we explain how the tradition of the two-minute silence originated in Cape Town. On Wednesday, we recall the day King George III proved he was assassin-proof. On Thursday, let's all eat cake. It's Marie Antoinette's wedding. And on Friday, we discover how Buffalo Bill helped invent the Wild West. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes each weekday, wherever you get your podcasts.